0: hey y'all this is connie morgan with the free black thought podcast today's guest is orietta rose she is a passionate advocate for quality education and homeschooling and has a dynamic range of experiences that have shaped her understanding of education including attending k-12 public schools herself working in daycare and working with homeschooling families her twitter feed reads like that of a reporter who is exclusively focused on children and parental rights I highly recommend following her on Twitter at Orietta Rose, but the O is a zero. For the latest in family and education news, she also runs a website full of wonderful family and homeschool related resources. I'm excited to introduce to you someone who I consider an up and comer in the Black heterodox thinking space. And as you know, there is no such thing as the Black perspective, just Black people with perspectives. You're listening. Black Thought podcast. Orietta Rose, thank you so much for joining us for the Free Black Thought podcast today. I'm so excited to have you on because I feel like you are truly an organic find for myself and for Free Black Thought. We found you just through your Twitter, and I feel like you're kind of a rising star. That that's just the feeling. I'm like this lady's going places. And what I love about you is that you. Are a fearless, you're a fearless tweeter. I mean, I, I'm like this lady does not care. She tweets from the heart. She tweets what she believes is right. And your areas of focus are, our family, education. Right out of the gate, I just want to ask you because on your website, up front at OriettaRose.com, it says not back to school. So you have very strong feelings about homeschooling versus public schooling, even charter schools, private schools, that sort of thing. So why should people? not be going back to school what do you mean by that
1: I really don't have anything against families who are using the school system like I completely understand people have things that they need to do going to work and everything however I look into the news around schools a lot school and daycare specifically and I have personally seen too many I guess horror stories of what can happen when parents end up becoming disengaged with their children and not really paying attention to what's going on with them. So not back to school, it's kind of a recent change for me. I was never that serious, I guess, about it. Like I had my strong feelings about it, but I kind of didn't go all in and saying it. Mm -hmm. So taking on that like not back to school mantra, is really about helping people take a closer look at what's going on. Like, I literally just posted to Twitter a story about a little, I believe it's a little boy in daycare. The daycare reported that he'd been scratched on the neck, later vomited, and then later had a medical episode where they called 911. Now, the family says he had much more severe injuries than just a scratch on the neck, and he has now had multiple surgeries. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just things like that there's so many stories coming out of schools of teachers abusing students of students abusing other students of kids having very scary feelings younger and younger ages, you know 10 year olds deciding they don't want to live anymore mm-hmm. and their parents didn't notice and I really believe that a lot of that it's not that their parents don't love them and that they don't care it's just that, you're away from your child for most mm-hmm. of their active and awake time so not back to school is really about being together as a family and how important that is
0: so what would you tell the family that i mean i mean i guess how does a parent other than obviously one day your kid comes home and says i'm suicidal or does something mm-hmm. crazy where you're like wow i had no idea this was coming but i think for a lot of parents they might hear you say they're disengaged or they're not spending the family time and they're like No, I'm totally engaged. I take them to soccer practice. We have dinner around the table every night. How would you advise parents or families to kind of know whether they're even in tune with what's going on with their kid? Is there, are there, is it more of an intuitive thing or is there things that parents can kind of like self check them, themselves on?
1: Yeah, part of it I would say is intuitive. But at the same time, one of the things I say a lot is you need to have real conversations with your child. And When I was coming home from school every day and stuff, you know, K to 12 public school, I remember my mom would, you know, the usual questions: "How was school?" Say, "Fine." "What did you do today?" "Nothing." That would be it. Yeah. And that's just kind of the routine families tend to fall into. And nobody's doing it on purpose. It's just everybody's kind of doing their own thing. You know, parents are going to work and the kids are going to school, and that's just how it is. So I definitely encourage families to really sit down and talk like with your child not just at them Mm. just things like that I've seen a really great suggestion if your child would do it but like having a shared diary where you write some prompt or you write about what happened in your day and then they can write back to you what happened in their day and it that's a really good idea in my opinion it just opens up a different line of communication like maybe your child doesn't want to about something that's happened, but writing it down is okay. Mm. So, I just really want families to be together in more than just the physical way—not just being in the same room together and everybody's looking at their phone. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you talked about the way that you grew up a little bit. Let's cross that bridge. So, um, you were educated in the public school system. So why are you this fierce homeschool? What did your journey look like from being raised in the public school system to now you're just this fierce homeschool warrior? Well, I have a few like
1: bigger memories coming out of public school. And the
0: very first one was in
1: second grade when I started having extreme testing anxiety, specifically about spelling tests. And I remember feeling like I was never going to learn to read. I would always have to do extra write the spelling word 10 times each because Mm. I would get them wrong on the spelling test. And so for me, second grade was the year where I started feeling like, oh, I hate school. Oh, I don't want to go to school. You know, I would feel sick in the morning when I knew there was a spelling test coming up and try to get my mom to let me stay home for the day and skip it. And after that, there were just a few little things that really stood out to me during elementary school. One thing in particular, which I'm sure sounds pretty dumb but it was a big deal for me at the time we'd raised butterflies and I'm sure now that was like part of the curriculum that the teachers need to follow they need to get our pictures with our butterflies and I did not want to have that little butterfly on my finger at all I didn't want to have the picture taken and I remember the teacher getting upset with me for it and so I did Mm -hmm. have my picture taken but you can see I think I still have it somewhere you can see me like leaning away from the butterfly. It's on my finger. Oh my and gosh! Like, Ooh, leaning off to the side, like giving it the side eye. Oh, um, and like I said, I know that sounds kind of silly, but I believe I was like eight or nine at the time, and it was a big deal to me because I really didn't want to do it, and I didn't understand why I had to, mm-hmm. because it didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it just made yeah. me scent the butterfly, mm-hmm. but. After that, into middle school, I actually had a medical issue, which, thank the Lord, has been resolved, and I'm fine. But it kept me out of school for a while, and I had a home tutor assigned by the school. And she was actually um, doing that work part-time because she was homeschooling her two little girls. And that Hmm. was when I learned about homeschooling. And having her as a tutor for me, I realized, wow, I'm getting all my schoolwork done in two hours. Why would I... Go to school and spend all day doing that when I could do this and then go outside. Mm-hmm. But we lived in New York State, and it was just not in the cards for my parents to be able to do that with the rules and the regulations that New York had regarding homeschooling at the time. So went on into high school and I didn't really think too much about homeschool or anything because there was, you know, it wasn't going to happen. I just saw so much failure around me. And it was just really sad. And there were some like wild stories going around about what some kids did and getting their stomach Mm -hmm. pumps, you know, three times by the time they're in 10th grade and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And I was a very quiet girl. I was voted most quiet girl senior year. So I was definitely the one to just sit back and look at everything and be like, hmm. You know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. And so I I didn't yeah. say anything because I was like, mm and so there were some high school experiences that were not the best. I didn't, I wouldn't say I had a terrible high school experience. It was just not great. For example, in ninth grade, I know my social studies teacher's wife dropped a divorce bomb on him. And how do I know that? Because he told us, which is yeah. highly inappropriate. Exactly. Looking back. And actually, I kind of knew it at the time too, especially because he completely checked out for the rest of the school year from that point mm-hmm. on. He was very depressed, which is sad. I feel bad for him even now, but that was not something his students should have been aware of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, kids were snorting pixie sticks <laughs> in the classroom. We would have, he wouldn't even assign reading. Or questions to answer or I don't I don't know how anybody I guess he just passed us. I'm really not sure yeah. how that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. All those like little experiences added up and having learned about homeschooling being a thing and having a very small experience of it myself. And going forward I had just decided, you know, if if the Lord blesses me with children they're gonna be homeschooled. There is no way. <laughs>
0: No and way! You knew that, so you knew that as a teenager, like in high school. Yes, wow. absolutely.
1: Well, wow. and now, well, I guess now here I am <laughs> on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you have children that you've homeschooled?
1: I don't, which is why it's ac- extra crazy to me that I have even eight thousand followers, or I even have anything to say about homeschooling. I definitely feel that imposter syndrome <laughs> sometimes. Oh no, because I'm like okay, but do I even know what I'm talking about?
0: <laughs> I mean, this is language that frequently people who defend public schools use, but they say like they're our children, right? And so, you know, I sort of disagree with that mentality. Like they're not they're not really our children. It's my kids, but we all have a stake in like the future generations, right? And we should all care about the children of our communities and of our states and of our country. So I don't think that you're an imposter at all, but how did you go about learning about homeschooling since you didn't you weren't kind of forced into, okay, I said I was gonna commit myself to this and now I have a kid and I'm gonna homeschool them. You know, yours your path looks a little different and now you're someone who supports women and men occasionally probably as well, who are homeschooling. So how did you go about about learning about this when you weren't forced into it with your own child? It was a path
1: the Lord himself had to put me on because I, I look back and I really, I don't know. I don't really know how I got this far into it. My personality, when I get interested in something, I do want to learn all about it. So learning mm-hmm. about homeschooling, it was interesting to me. So I wanted to learn about it and I would look into, you know, what's unschooling, you know, what's Charlotte Mason homeschooling. What's the more method and the Robinson Method and all these different ways of teaching your children without school. So I learned all about these people who had come before and were blazing that trail when it was not popular at all, (laughs) when parents were very literally afraid that the government would come in and take their children from them for homeschooling. I don't know, just looking back at it and learning about the history of homeschooling and How far it had come, I guess it kind of really implanted almost in my soul. And it just became something that I couldn't be quiet about because it was so important to me. And seemed like such a big shift, like it would be such a big shift in our culture. If homeschool was the norm. And for example, public school was the outlier instead of the way that it is right now.
0: Did you, I know for a lot of people, homeschooling obviously exploded during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and then many people have stuck with it and it's still yet to be seen. We'll see how the data plays out, truly how many people end up sticking with it versus, you know, there's some places I think where the schools are, school districts still aren't fully open and aren't back to normal. And so... Once the dust finally settles from all this, we'll have some better data on um, what the true homeschooling trends are now. But so but you were because you got interested in homeschooling as a kid, and now you're like I said, you support other people in their homeschooling journeys. Were you doing that before the pandemic? Not too much well, a little bit. I
1: actually I had a neighbor who had a elementary school age child who had Quite a few learning challenges. And this child had actually started homeschooling using virtual online school. And I would watch this child for the mother when she was at work and things. So I was physically there with her homeschooling with her. So I mm-hmm. if that count, I guess that counts. I was helping that family in a more physical direct way. And then as the pandemic came about, and here in Tennessee, they did close schools as well her other children also came home and started doing virtual schooling and so i was doing school with them because they all had varying levels of learning difficulties that she just didn't feel like she could handle on her own so i was you know i was going over and helping them with that and i guess it was after that that i really started getting on twitter about it because i saw i actually saw you know with my own two eyes like wow hey their family grew a lot closer together. You know, where kids Mm -hmm. used to have a lot of fights, they were playing with each other more without all the fighting. Not to say there wasn't some, but... (laughs) Yeah. But it was just a visible, tangible, I guess, experience for me. Like, I, I thought in my head homeschooling was a good idea. I'd seen other families, like, online and through documentaries where it worked really well for them. But then I was seeing it in a family where... Most people would say, "Well, you can't do that. You know, a single mother, she's got multiple kids. How is she going to homeschool them?" She got help from someone who just yeah. lived upstairs, you know, yeah. and it's making a huge difference in the family. And I guess that's what really pushed me into saying exactly what I feel on Twitter.
0: Yeah. So, did you even have a Twitter before this, or did you start a Twitter just to get to just to start adding your voice to to the town square? I, I think
1: I had a few Twitter accounts that were dormant. Like, I Mm. never used them, and you know what? I'm not sure when I started this Twitter. Sometime in 2020, I think?
0: So, it basically, it did align there. Yeah, it just ended up lining up. It worked out that way. Do those kids still, uh, do they still homeschool, or did they go back?
1: Um, I'm not sure. They moved out of state, so... We did lose contact. Do,
0: do you think, you know, you talked about how this woman, she was a single mom then. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she figured out a way to homeschool. Right. And like you said, the family got closer and it was really healthy and great. There is some research out there. I don't know if you're familiar with it about single moms homeschooling and just alternative ways that people homeschool. Do you find people reaching out to you who are in those kind of unconventional situations Are there honest barriers to homeschooling, or is there always a way to kind of figure it out if that's what you want to do?
1: Oh, there are definitely real barriers to homeschooling. And as yet, I haven't had anyone reach out for help. I have had people leave comments just saying that it's impossible, which is really unfortunate Mm -hmm. to me because I, I can completely agree with someone yes, that is a serious barrier that's going to make it difficult. But my position is that just because it looks impossible doesn't mean you shouldn't take the time to think about it. And that usually seems to be the issue. It's not that it can't work out, it's that, well, it's often not that it can't work out, but that someone doesn't feel that they want to sit down and maybe look at their finances, for example, or think of an alternative. work schedule or reach out to their local church or other community group maybe someone could help them with childcare or things like that which I understand that's a lot of work that that's a lot to do when you're already working full-time or maybe you're a single parent and then to think well now I also have to sit down and figure all this out how many phone calls am I going to have to make mm-hmm. I don't even want to look at the bank account right now I <laughs> like yeah yeah it's a lot but. I am trying to convey that I think it's worth it to at least take the time to figure out if you could swing it.
0: And, you know, we've so far we've focused on on homeschooling, but you've mentioned it too earlier that you're it's really all about the family, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. And like homeschooling is a way in which families typically can thrive it forces a lot of like healthy behaviors and time spent together and great conversations and all those kinds of things. A lot of those things that are kind of lost today in our modern fast paced tech heavy culture where, you know, the things that homeschooling brings bring to families now used to be, I mean, every family Mm -hmm. used to have more of this culture, even if their child wasn't homeschooled, but just the nature of the, the culture and the environment that we live in has changed so much. So you talk about on your, on your sites and publicly about like an American revolution, healthy, happy families. Mm-hmm. Um, are you saying that we, are you feeling like we need to start an American uh, revolution uh, around these things? Or do you think it's already happening in a big way? Um, what exactly do you mean by that? Where are we in this American revolution?
1: Um, I do believe that it started. And I really think the pandemic jumpstarted it a lot. Like you said earlier with um, Families starting to homeschool and then continuing to homeschool, no longer just because they were forced to, but because they'd gotten into it and saying, Oh wow, hey, this it's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. This is working out. Um, so I think it has started, we've got a lot more awareness as a society on what is and is not healthy, not just, you know, education like in school, but everything from like forever chemicals and <laughs> all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and just I think more and more people are becoming conscious of the fact that our modern lifestyle it's really it's not really good for anybody pretty much we've got all these kids looking at their phones and on their laptops and on their tablets constantly and one of the things I've been tweeting a lot lately um, are different stories about especially teenage girls and their mental health and just how Mm -hmm. abysmal it is. Like I said earlier about younger and younger children feeling very scary feelings that you would never want a child to say, I wish I wasn't here or I wish I wasn't born or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. And so I think it's even in the news though, it kind of, I've never seen it on television, but then again, I have to say, I don't, I really don't watch the news on television. I just see what I see online. And when I come across something like that, I share it because I do want people to be aware, but seeing it more and more on the internet does raise my hopes a little bit that that happy
0: and healthy family revolution is on the rise. What other than, you know, Wanting to see people more more home education happening, what are some of the other things that you think need to happen for families? Actually, I find it interesting too that on your website you actually have a you have a guide for prepping, like to help folks who are are kind of prepping for a disaster, for the end times, or however you interpret that word prepping. Like I said, it's not all about your focus isn't totally on just strictly homeschooling; it's the family as a whole and what are you know if everybody switched to homeschooling or if if a lot of people did what problems would still exist or what things do you think would have to change in addition to that
1: well there's a lot my main thing with um the homeschool switch is that it would necessarily bring us all into a whole lot more of um individualism Uh, because your family is your family and the family next door is the family next door, um, and so that would be almost extreme America, like freedom and liberty, kind of to the max in that in that aspect. For families, it's it's kind of hard to explain. Give me a second.
0: Is it more about becoming just self reliant because that's how educating your kids at home is being self-reliant, like, I'm going to rely on myself to educate my child, and then you do the prepping stuff on top of it. It seems like that's kind of a theme.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of self-reliance. That's definitely the right way to put it. I personally believe that divesting of the government as much as possible is the right way to go. A lot of it, I would say, is self-evident in the way the pandemic went down, where you know they locked the doors to the schools, just decided nope you can't come here today sorry Mm -hmm. you have work Mm -hmm. oh well you you thought your child was coming to school no they're not i remember seeing police tape around local playgrounds and i just that was crazy to me like they're they're telling you your child can't play on the playground what yeah that was insanity and so to me self-reliance is very important and homeschool is definitely part of that I just want people to at least think about it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Yeah, I know it's really easy to just be caught up in what's happening right now in front of you today. There's a lot of issues in everybody's lives. Finances, maybe you need a better job, maybe you need a different house. There's all kinds of things going on. But it's just, we're not in a great place, I believe, as a nation, where when everybody's just waiting for somebody else to tell them what they're allowed to do or what they're not allowed to do.
0: Yeah, you talk about that saving the family will save the nation. What specifically does the nation do be, need to be saved from? When I wrote that,
1: I don't really know what I was thinking. But
0: <laughs> saving, saving
1: the nation was just that without the community of the family, you're not going to have healthy community anywhere else. Because when children grow up and don't really know what what healthy interactions look like, you know, they don't, they're not connected to their parents. They're not connected to their siblings. They're not connected maybe to a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or their cousins or anyone within their household. It just makes it hard for them as they grow up to know what is a good relationship and what's not. And I think mm. you see that with all the mental health problems of, you know the millennials and and gen, gen z and everybody just everybody seems to be on some kind of medication and going to some kind of therapy and and so i look at that and i see those stats and just it starts at home and at same i know that sounds like really simplistic and i feel like a lot of people don't necessarily take me seriously when i say things like that they're like well yeah sure it starts at home but no but the the but doesn't really exist. It really does start at home, right? If you're coming out of a place where you don't know for sure that your people love you and care about you, then when you walk out the door, you also don't know for sure if other people around you really love you and care about you. That makes you open to mm. being taken advantage of. And that makes you open to waiting on someone like big brother to tell you, I'll help you pay for college and yeah. it just all leads up to eventually, you know, a totalitarian government that can take over. And we recently saw that a survey that came out and I believe it's a 30 or to 40 percent of younger, younger people were okay with the idea of cameras being st- installed in the house for the government to watch you. And I was Ugh. Like, Ugh. Where did they learn that? <laughs> Where who told yeah. them that was a good idea and they believed it? You know, so mm-hmm. there's someone at home was okay with it. Or their school told them, and nobody at home countered that. And so that's, to me, that's a scary statistic. Is how long will yeah. be? Oh yeah. When those kids have their own kids, and then they're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. Are you sure about that? Yeah. So what are, can you talk through some of the resources? I mean, I've kind of teased them already, but some of the resources that you have on your website right now, sure. um, some of the things that you're helping people with, and then maybe if you have anything in the works as well, what's coming.
1: Yeah, sure. So that prepper thing I kind of just made on a whim because it was something that I wanted. When I make something, it's usually I think, always driven by something that I want. I was looking for disaster preparedness checklists and I wasn't seeing everything that I wanted to see. So mm-hmm. I decided, oh, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me just get on Canva and make it for myself. And then if anybody else wants it, they can have it too.
0: I mean, that's how products and things are invented, right? <laughs> yep. Somebody has a need for something and it doesn't exist. So they go do it themselves.
1: Yep. So that's just one you know, little thing. It didn't take long to do. I don't really expect, I expect anyone to care about it or anything, but that's fine. My main thing is the homeschool toolbox, and that is totally free. It's a Google Doc that I started once again for myself as I was looking at homeschool resources and the first things that were coming up, you know were paid curriculum and which mm-hmm. is fine, but that can get real expensive real quick. And I'm the kind of person I like going into thrift stores and buying old school books like 1800s yeah. readers and things like that. So I was like, well, could I find that online for free somewhere? Has somebody scanned an old book? Um, and they had. And so I was like, okay, well, let me save this link so that I don't forget it. Like I didn't want to just bookmark it and lose it um, in a hole. Yeah. In a hole on my browser somewhere. So I saved it in a Google document and then I kept growing that Google document. And then I eventually added subject and headers so that I could find things more easily. I was like, oh, you know, someone else could probably use this too. So that's where the Homeschool Mm -hmm. Toolbox came from. And that's that's my main thing. That's my main offering. It's free. Anybody wants it, they can look at it. It's been a little while since I updated it. But on my Twitter under free homeschool stuff, if anybody wants to advance to search that um, phrase under my Twitter account, um, I've been putting other resources that I've been finding lately. And I plan on updating that toolbox with those links eventually. I don't know when that'll happen, but eventually.
0: And I, I just want to say to our audience too, that this is actually very similar to the way free black thought formed. So Orietta, I'm not. I don't know if you're sure, aware of this, but we have something on our website called the Compendium of Free Black Thought, which was this kind of the same thing. It was a Google Doc that one of us started, and then the board members of Free Black Thought we contribute to it. Um, but it's just like, hey, I want to find black thinkers, writers, talking heads who aren't represented in the mainstream media because I'm only getting this one narrative. Okay, save that link to that you know, Mm article, save this link to this YouTube video and so on and so forth. And it grew and grew and grew. And eventually it was it was like, hey, we should put this out on the Internet. And now Free Black Thought is this thing where we have a podcast and we have a journal and we have thousands of followers on Twitter. And it all just started with in such a you know, you're telling your story and it's the same thing, right? It's hey, I started creating this resource because I didn't see it out there. It's not it's not fancy. It's nothing crazy. Like, I don't have a fancy I don't have a website building background or anything like that. I threw it up on the internet, and it and it's growing and getting traction, and people are interested in it. And so, to someone who's listening who has a passion project, it doesn't have to be related to anything that that Free Black Thought is doing or Orietta is doing. Mm-hmm. That you can start with that. You can start with uploading a Google Doc to the internet, absolutely, um, and sharing it out with people. And the same, but on a similar note, for parents that are wanting curious, interested in homeschooling, but they're afraid, you know, it can be as simple as, as using a resource like Orietta has created, you know, a Word doc that's free or a Google doc that's free and has resources and links. There's a million different ways to homeschool, which is part of the beauty of it. And I do think it's overwhelming. There's so much curriculum out there now, which is wonderful. Like you talk to people who homeschooled 20, 30 years ago and they're like, I didn't have any of this (laughs) stuff. And now there's so much, it can almost be overwhelming. And then a lot of it does cost money. It can get pretty expensive. It can get kind of like I'm saying this as a homeschool mom myself. It it can get addicting. (laughs) Like, ooh, look at this shiny new thing. Ooh, look at this. And you're just grabbing, grabbing. And before you know it, you're like, I don't need all this stuff. My kid's six. (laughs) Why why am I buying fancy science kits? They just want to read. Right. (laughs) Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. But I just, our stories are so similar with how kind of we entered the public space Um, I just want to encourage, I just want to let people know that you don't have to be a fancy person with lots of technical skills or credentials or anything in order to start changing the culture and contributing. Something else that I saw on your site that is new is you have like a merchandise line. Is that correct?
1: I've had it for a little while. I just never say anything about it and I hardly ever link to
0: it. So I don't think anybody knows it exists, but (laughs) it's on there. Well, they're gonna know now. I'm putting it out <laughs> to the world. And one of the this is this is what I mean about Orietta when I say like she's a fearless voice. Even though here she's, you know, you told us you're voted most quiet girl in high school, which is not a surprise. Your demeanor is very reserved and and quiet and polite. But when you're out there in the public space, you speak what you know. You speak truth, and you are bold. And when I was looking at the the shirt t-shirt shop i just was chuckling to myself because one of the logos or one of the yeah phrases that you have on the merchandise says death cult rejected (laughs) what do you mean by death cult oh it'll sound like a conspiracy theory but the whole satanic (laughs) world world
1: worldview i guess where you can't be happy unless you i mean pretty much unless you've killed at least one child it's so so it's strange it's evil it's so dark and i just reject that i i do not believe that for example abortion the one-year anniversary of roe versus wade being taken off the table it's either here or it just happened i'm not sure now days are starting to blur together lately but (laughs) so just death cult rejected i wonder if i put that up when roe versus wade went down i'm not sure actually but I know at the time I was thinking I'm just so I'm it's not for it's it. more
0: of a pro life thing. It
1: kind of is, but it's I don't I don't know how to explain it really. It's not just that. It's kind of like rejecting the modern lifestyle that kind of pushes us toward death, as in not just like the death of the body, but like the death of your soul almost, where nothing matters to you anymore, and you're just kind of living in your own bubble and you care about what you care about, but then you don't care about what anybody else cares about. Almost. I don't, it's like, I just feel like it's a whole cultural issue where, okay. And I don't want, I don't want, I don't necessarily want to bring race into this, but it, and it's not just race with the prescription medication issues that people have with a gun violence, which is, at least when I look at it, I'm more looking at in the city. But then like kind of where I live, prescription meds are more of a issue where people are on drugs and just it's terrible. If they're not dead physically, then they're dead mentally and emotionally. And, you know, you're just waiting to take another drug. And then with the gun violence issue with young kids getting into gangs and not really thinking anything of killing each other or being in danger of right. dying themselves and it's it's so sad and I just I wanted to reject it and you know what could I do I made a t-shirt like I don't I don't know yeah I didn't know how else to get just that idea out and then people could take it however they yeah, wanted I mean, to
0: I, I yeah and I, you know honestly when when I saw it I wasn't sure I was like, is this all encompassing? And it sounds like it It pretty much is all encompassing. But, you know, you can go many different directions and many different ways to interpret that. So if it's almost like an invitation to have a conversation with someone on the street, mm-hmm. if you're wearing a sweatshirt or shirt that says that, because the person might be like, what do you mean by by death cold? It could be anything from, like you said, uh, commentary on the abortion argument or in debates going on still, or it could be referencing kind of like this, the satanic stuff. Well, I mean, abortion is for a lot of us related to the satanic stuff, but you know, Sam Smith worshiping the devil (laughs) at the Grammys and (laughs) all that kind of thing. And you bring up a great point too, with the gun gun violence and the drug addiction, that it's not even always about literal death, but death of your soul and, and, emotional death as well. When you, you know, I've talked about how bold you are. Where do you get that from? Where I think it takes courage to do what you're doing and to speak boldly like you speak. And I think a lot of people are afraid to step out or maybe they feel like they can't because, well, I have strong feelings about, you know, the schools, education as an example, but I don't have kids in the education system, or I have strong feelings about abortion, but I'm a man or I have strong feelings about, you know, gender stuff, but I've never had to, you know, none of my children aren't saying that they're gender questioning or anything like that. So where where do you get your boldness from and your fearlessness from?
1: If anyone's not a Christian, it won't make sense to them, but it has got to be the Holy Spirit. There's no, there's no way. I know myself and I'm, I'm a quiet person. I don't, I don't like to get into arguments with people. I don't want to get into arguments with people. I don't necessarily want to challenge anybody's thinking on a personal level. But it goes deeper than that for me. When I started this Twitter account, it was specifically because I believe that the Lord told me, hey, get on Twitter. And I was like, well, okay. But I didn't know what to do on there. And I just started, you know, tweeting. Little things about, oh, you know, I saw that, you know, this news and, oh, I'm thinking about this. And, like, I can't believe I have even 8,000 followers. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. When everything started kind of going like hitting the fan with Twitter wise before Elon Musk took over, I was looking, I was like, oh, I should get off Twitter now, huh? Like, I figured, well, I'll be kicked <laughs> off anyway. I should probably just get off. And I believe I specifically heard the Lord say, nope, stay right there. So I did. Mm. And uh, so, I don't know, getting on Twitter and just saying all these things and then feeling like, oh, you know, go ahead and say that too. It wasn't just me feeling like I wanted to say something. It was me feeling like I was being pushed to say something and that I needed to. Well,
0: that's that's that. <laughs> Here I am. Trust and obey, right? Mm-hmm. What does your family think about? Do they think, Are, are do, do, does your family think similarly as you? Or are they like, she crazy? Like, we don't know what she's doing.
1: Uh, as far as I know, they think similarly to me. My parents are both very conservative, though my dad did vote for Obama. He's like, uh, <laughs> really? But, um... I will say, when they realized I was on Twitter, I was so embarrassed. Oh my gosh! I just, as long as it was people who didn't know me in real life, I was fine. But it was like when my parents mm-hmm. saw me on Twitter. I was like, oh, I don't want you to look at that. Why? Are you, how did you even know? But um, I guess they're supportive. I don't. I don't really know. They know that I get embarrassed by it. So I'm. If they are <laughs> looking, they're not telling me, which is for the best.
0: Do You have any siblings? I do. I have
1: one younger brother. I know he feels similarly to me, but I know he's also not as engaged, which is, you know, that's okay.
0: Oh, yeah, totally fine. I'm just, I'm always curious about people who kind of like step out into the public Mm -hmm. space like this, especially since the whole reason free black thought exists, right, is because there was this narrative being pushed that all black people Minority, even minorities. If you want to even go a step further, mm-hmm. you know, like think a certain way, act a certain way, believe certain things, vote a certain way, and that's not the case. And so, to be a minority that's in the homeschool space, though it's becoming more and more normal and not seen as something that's like a white thing, mm-hmm. still, I always wonder, well, what what are your inner circles yeah. thinking, especially because you didn't come from that homeschooling background? I know that's one of the one of the big things, at least that you used to actually hinder black families and probably other minority families as well from homeschooling is that a, a parent would come home and tell their tell grandma and grandpa like we're thinking about homeschooling and they'd go what yeah
1: <laughs> homeschool that's crazy yeah and i have you know i didn't experience that thankfully I'm thankful for that but um i have read specifically about that recently actually about older black adults feeling that homeschool was almost a slap in the face because they'd worked really hard or their, their parents worked really hard for their kids to be able to get into the school system and have a stronger foothold in there and be represented there and cared for there. And then to hear yeah, yeah. the next, the upcoming generation say, well, yeah, forget them was, <laughs> was not cool. It didn't mm-hmm. go over so mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And so I'm definitely mm-hmm. seeing it grow and grow and grow as
0: are, are you less suspicious of of private schools? Or do you still have the same reservations with private schools that you do with public?
1: A little bit less suspicious, but only because their money is coming directly from the family and the family can say at any time, No, this isn't working. So if they remove their child, mm-hmm. they're removing however mu you know, whatever they're paying. And they can go on and go on the internet and put the school on blast and something will probably happen. Whereas if it's a public school, even if you go online and put them on blast, what's going to happen? They're going to have some meetings. They're going to have maybe form a committee and then maybe something will change and maybe it won't. But I do still have the concern about parents checking out. When I look at it, I just see it as it's like a natural consequence of sending your child to school. It's just it's not something people are doing on purpose. It just happens because you're trusting that these people are taking care of your child and educating them appropriately. And again, if you're not speaking with your child, you may not realize that something is wrong until it's very wrong. Even with public public private or charter schools it's just it really comes back to for me that family being connected and the big disconnection that's sending your child away every single day just naturally facilitates
0: well I think that's a g- good place for us to transition into our quick round of fun questions and then of course after the quick round we'll give you some space to say any final thoughts plug anything that you want to promote, that's in the works for you, or just get anything off your chest after we do these this quick round of questions. Um, it's ten questions. There's no right or wrong answer. The goal is to answer them as quickly as you can. Though people always get hung up on yeah. one or two <laughs> of them where they're like, "I can't answer that quickly." But here we go. Number one: Where is there actual systemic racism in America?
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> quick, maybe in people's minds, and that can. That can be all right. That can be way more more serious than something physically happening around you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What what is your favorite cartoon movie?
1: Man. No movie will answer any of these quickly. It's been so <laughs> long since I watched a cartoon movie. The only thing I can think of is Monsters Inc. and I really did like it. I guess
0: Monsters oh, Inc. Oh, that's a great that's a great one. Is the word Negro a slur? Oh, I don't think so. But it doesn't I don't care so. Do you celebrate Juneteenth? I didn't. Is kneeling during the national anthem an appropriate form of protest? I guess. I guess so. It doesn't hurt anyone. Should we tear down statues of slaveholders? Should Pluto still be considered a planet? If you could have dinner with any living person, who would you pick? A living person? Vladimir Putin. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could kill a person in self-defense? I think I could. And what would your final meal be? Probably meatloaf
1: the way my nana, my mother's mom, made it, which is not with a tomato-based
0: sauce. It's with cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> meatloaf. I, you know what? We're going to have to delete this podcast just because of that answer. <laughs> your final meal is meatloaf. I cannot believe that. We've got a... Is that recipe somewhere? Um, is, it, yeah, is, it it. somewhere? is it on posted? the internet somewhere? Is it posted? you got to post that on your website. I can. <laughs> I will. It's great. It, at least for me, it's very nostalgic. So okay. I think that's we're going to... Really- that's probably part of it. Okay, well, we definitely want to link that in the sh- in the show notes, in the show description for this episode. I've never heard someone say meatloaf as their final meal. Mm-hmm. That's a first, so that's fun. And we will link to your website and your Twitter and all that kind of good stuff so people can find you. Um, and they can use some of the resources that you've provided for them, particularly parents that are interested or need a little help with the homeschooling journey. Orietta, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any final thoughts, things that you want to share before we sign off? I would just really like for parents to stop and think about
1: what they're doing. Also, if you're homeschooling, stop and really think about it and really understand why you're doing what you're doing. Because inevitably something will come up where you're thinking, you know what, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I should know do something different and maybe you should and I want people to stop and think about that but also I would personally really like to see families start sharing their homeschooling journey and sharing their family life more Mm. not necessarily like in an invasive way you know you don't need to post your child's photo online or anything but if you had like a really good homeschool day I wish people would say so you know like on twitter Mm. or Or, you know, if you do YouTube, Instagram Instagram, or wherever, so that people can see behind the scenes. And even if you had a hard day, how did you get through it? You know, because homeschool can seem very scary. It's a lot to take on. And I just I wish more people would show what it's really like for them and how it's helped their family and maybe brought them closer together. How their children are doing academically. It would just be helpful um, for people in general, I think, if more people were willing to share.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with that 100%. Actually, not even just with homeschooling, with having kids, because I've had so many people, I shouldn't say so many, but I've had more than one person, young ladies around my age, that will tell me that they see this kind of toxic, like toxic Mm mommy culture online where moms are victims like being a mom is so hard and I'm miserable and I need my glass of wine at the end of the day because a lot of that stuff you know influencers are creating stuff that's going to get likes and tweets and the mom who's just diligently at home creating a beautiful home a lot of times doesn't even think to go online right so you don't see those stories and I've had I've had girls be like I'm kind of scared to be a mom because it kind of looks like it's Yeah, awful. (laughs) And so they can't even get their heads around being a mom. Like they're not even going to take the next step to be, you know, where they're thinking about homeschooling. So totally agree with you. That's such a good point that those of us who want to promote a culture of life should share these stories with people. So thank you so much. That was such a good little nugget to, to end on. I'm going to go like, you know, as soon as we sign off here, go download your Google doc for myself and I'm just so thankful that you came on the show. And I'm sure as we continue to watch your journey in the future, we'll probably have you all well, back again. So thank, thank you so you much so much. I hope
1: I didn't talk too quickly or pause too long.
0: <laughs> no, no, you were great. You were great. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much. Have a great night. You're listening to the Free Black Thought Podcast.